Hello everyone and welcome back to part 2 of this special edition of In Of The Post. So, without further ado, let's get back to it, shall we? Welcome back, Kirsty, Martin, and of course myself really, James. Kirsty, I understand it hasn't all been football. Um, for you, you are involved in athletics, weren't you? So um, tell us a bit more about that. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't start football to say I was I was quite late on in life, but I started uh, well before athletics. I, was, I used to swim, so I was sort of like a county swimmer up till I was um, about the age of eleven. Um, and then uh, anybody who's a swimmer will tell you that swimming is sort of training before school, after school, galas at the weekend. Um, it's a very very strenuous sport, and you've got to love it to keep doing it. Unfortunately, I fell out of love with swimming. And uh, so I went and joined um, a local athletics club, which was down in Erith, where I used to live at the time. And um, I started off like anybody at that age. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I did hurdles, realised that after a period of time, falling over hurdles hurts one too many times. Um, you know, and, and where I was quite, I suppose I was quite stocky from swimming, where I'd swam for like six, seven years so they said, oh, you know, go and do some throwing. So I did shot put and discus and, and things like that. And then um, one day this guy just said to me, oh, you know, do you want to throw the javelin? So I, I did and stuck with it. And I think within the first six months of training, I, I kind of went to the Kent Championships and won the Kent Championships. And and it kind of just escalated from there, really. So um, I, um, I first threw for Great Britain when I was 14 uh, in France as an under 19, so in the junior, in the junior stage. Um, I also did the European under 20s. I got a silver there. Um, I did the European under 23s. Um, unfortunately, I came fourth there. I was carrying a bit of an injury, but um, no excuses there. I didn't perform well enough. Um, I also did the World Juniors, um, came eighth in the World Juniors. Um, at that period of time, though, I was going through um, um, an eating disorder. So I had um, training dependency anorexia from the age of sort of 18 till I was 21. Um, so I, you know, I had a, a few mental, um, uh, issues at that stage and, uh, they, they really came from when, when I was 17, I was ranked sort of number one in Europe and number two in the world as an under 20 year old. And I think it was just, you know, just the pressures, um, you know, of, of sponsorships and, uh, you know, people, everybody, everybody wants a piece of you when you're sort of climbing the, the greasy pole to, to stardom as such. And, um, as a youngster, I didn't really know how to handle it. And there was just certain impact factors. Um, that I always remember that I think what one of the things that triggered it was I when I was training in the gym and there was a lady and she she had a phenomenal physique, brilliant physique. And uh, and I kind of just aspired to look like her. Um, you know, I wasn't overweight. I was a good size for jab and throw, obviously, having been successful up to that stage. And it kind of just spiraled quite quickly from there. I was overtraining and under eating, um, which means I was getting more and more injuries. Um, I was tra training all the time. Um, so it was a real sort of catch-22 knock-on effect. And, and I had to go and see sort of a lot of psychologists. Um, I went out to go and because I was on the British uh, medical board, uh, the Olympic board, I had to go and see the medical doctors in London. Um, and basically, I remember sort of a couple of years into having this disorder, um, the doctor said, you know, what do you want to achieve in life? And I said, well, I want to be an Olympian. I want to be standing on that podium with the, the Union Jack, you know, raised. And, and he said, do you really think you'll be like, you know, get there being the way you are now? And, and I was like, no, 
And for me, that was the turning point. You know, you have all your parents and your friends and family telling you what you're doing wrong and how you should be doing it. And, you know, I suppose like any sort of semi-cocky teenager, I thought I knew what I was doing and I knew I was doing the right thing. And, and it really took this guy to sort of knock the wind out of me, really. And that was my turning point. So it took me another couple of years to really turn my life around, turn my sport around. Um, and I then went on to the 98 Commonwealth Games in Malaysia, where I got a bronze medal there. Um, but I never really had the uh, the animal, uh, you know, the fight in me after that. Having having the sort of like the eating disorder really knocked me for six as an athlete. So I carried on. I, I went to um, I went and trained with Fatima Whitbread. Um, as some people, I mean, not the youngsters would know Fatima, but maybe some of the older ones might know Fatima. And so I trained with her for three or four years and um, did a few more international competitions. But at that stage, um, the injuries kept escalating. Um, by that, you know, I was in my late twenties, coming up to nearly thirty, and I th- and I I started falling out of love with it. I started getting to the point where I actually hated it. Um, and I think like, with any sport, when you get to the point of not enjoying it, you know, every every training session's more of a mental issue than a physical issue. I mean, I, I could beast myself to, te- to the cows come home um, physically, but mentally, I think once you start losing it mentally, the, the competitive edge, that's the time to sort of, you know, hang up these spikes and, and, and say goodbye to it. So I did that when I was 30. Um, after doing sport practically all my life, I needed another avenue of sport to do. I couldn't just sort of sit around indoors. So at the time I was living in Lordswood, so um, I went along to Lordswood Ladies and I used to play football at school, you know, like as you do sort of playground kick arounds. My dad used to play football, so I used to go train with him when I was a kid. So I've always been able to kick a football, um, you know, and obviously having done sport all my life, I, I was I was fit and I was strong. So I went to Lordswood and I didn't actually appreciate um the the technical side of playing a game of football I was running around like a headless chicken probably for about six months not you know they'd say to me just stay there don't move <laughs> yeah it chuck me out in the wing and I'd be like I'd be coming inside I'd be going too far I'd be dropping too bad yeah I think one time I found myself in goal and the goalkeeper what are you doing in the goal get out the goal you know you're not going so it really took me being able to kick a football but understand the game of football is you know that that took quite it took quite a while to actually get my head around you know positional play and actually reading the game um and I say that so I played for Lordswood a couple of years we disbanded we went to Alsford played at Alsford a couple of years and then I gave up to have you know to have Will and I say then about three years ago I got a phone call from Kaz like come and play football again and it's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant to get back with some of the, you know, the the old guys that you used to play football with. But just being back involved with football. But like James will probably say, we've got a really, really good setup at Vintage. Um, everyone loves it, you know. And once they come, they stay. We and we do very much make people welcome. We've we've got a few ladies that have never kicked a football, but they just want to get fit, you know. But by by giving six months, they're actually, you know, they've actually turned out to be quite good footballers. So. Um, yeah, what's it? Um, you know, you, about old dogs and stuff. You know, you can't teach yeah, an old dog tricks. <laughs> not like but I'm calling please. us old dogs, but you know. No, no, um, no, no, you can, no. You can no. still teach an old dog a new trick. You know, yeah. so cut that, James. Cut that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, had, you got players that never kicked the ball, and they come, James. There's hope for you yet. 
Yeah, absolutely. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 like, I love the way you. I mean, that's fantastic. I, I'll just say in awe. You know, did this, didn't done that, but you brushed, you just brushed over. Yeah, and went. Uh, you know, Commonwealth Games in Malaysia, uh, won the bronze, and then la da da what I mean, you, you were on a podium there. How, yeah. how did that, what did that, oh, I can't believe, I can't imagine that. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. I, I, the one thing I always remember that, again, um, um, oh, what's his name? Um, I'm going to say John Barnes, but it's not John Barnes. Um, oh, Name's gone away. So anyway, uh, our top 200 metre runner at the time, John, anyway, it'll come to me. The old ones will know what I'm talking about. He used to race with him for Christie. And I remember sitting, um, yeah, John Regis. John Regis. I, I keep having John Barnes in my head, like John Regis. And I remember, um, you know, sort of like waiting to go on the podium and uh, I'm sitting opposite John Regis because he's just won a medal as well. and waiting for the, like, the ceremony, the medal ceremony. And he was like, you know, and I'm in awe. This this guy's a legend, you know. He's a, he's a phenomenal runner. Obviously, he always took second best behind uh, Linford Christie, but in his own right, the guy is, 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 was a phenom- you know phenomenal runner. You know, and I'm just sat there like, John Regis, John Regis, you know. And um, and it was, and it was to, to walk out. To be honest, it's like a lot of things. If you, I think, if you ask a lot of people who have potentially been in that position or, or, or other positions, it it does become quite a blur, and you do really have to like take a massive deep breath just to try to appreciate one percent of what's going on you know and and even today like I try to you know I try to think back and try to remember and there's certain things I remember certain things I don't but because I think you get so caught up in the atmosphere and everything that's going on that it's so so difficult to take it all in it's just like a blur you know and desperately your brain's trying to absorb you know like a sponge every feeling and every you know, every sense and everything that's going on and the crowds and, you know, yeah, it, yeah it's phenomenal. It was, it was, it was great, great place to be. It must be. I'll say I know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. But um, in terms of like, it, you know, what did you enjoy? That I don't know. Because you was part of it and you were a major part. Like you said, you're concentrating, you're focused. And it's almost like, uh, I don't know, when you, when you say to a player, whether they're whether a youngster going in playing in the, you know in cup finals, whether a youngster playing in the cup final or you know, you're an adult playing at Wembley or something, it, it's pretty it's difficult to say because you focus on, but it's like enjoy the day. Yeah. Try to enjoy it. I know it's difficult, but you might not do it again. No disrespect yeah. to anybody, you know. Uh, you know, not, not saying the Tottenham minute, but enjoy the day because you won't ever go to Wembley again. Uh, so you know, um <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, you at least, I'm losing you. I'm losing you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 at least we've been there. But yeah, you're right. Like, enjoy, enjoy the date. But I couldn't. I mean, wow. And like you say, to sit, to sit. I've, I've, I've just, I'm going on to the same as, as John Regis there and all the others. You know, I'm doing the same. I've done it. I've done it. Right. And I've got. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be googling, right? I'll be searching, and they get hold. I mean, who, who won that? Who, who, who got the gold and the silver? Uh, you... It was, a, it was Australia. It was an Australian who won it. I mean, she was favourite. She, um, she medalled in the Olympics, um, sort of like in nine, 96 Olympics. So she was always favourite, um, and it was a tussle between me and the other English girl, and uh, she beat me by about 90 centimetres, something like that. So. Uh, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there's, I don't, I mean, I, I had, uh, I, I, I got a little bit of a telling off from my mum and dad because um, <laughs> when I, when I threw my last throw and I realised it hadn't quite beaten like the, this, this girl Karen who was in second place, uh, the other English girl, I kind of like took me back belt off and launched it across, you know, like your oh. proper angle. Oh, I've missed, you know, I've met that up. And just as I did that, I turned my back on her. She put her hand out to shake it. And I, you know, and it looked like I was like a proper oh, world like, sport brat. Oh, like throwing no. dummies at the pram, you know. <laughs> so oh, no. I looked like a bit of a, yeah, I looked like a bit of the bad girl for, for a little bit. But then I realised that she was standing behind me and obviously shook hands and, you know, wow. and the pat on the back and the hug, all the things you do. But yeah, for um, the mum was like, I can't believe you, you look at that. Like you, sh- like, you, like you shunned you know? her sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, and I said, lucky it went with boot, you know, it would have been with spikes and everything would have got launched as well. Everything <laughs> in sight would have got launched. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just, uh, you know, the heat of the moment things. And I mean, it's even like... Um, I can kind of see how players, when they walk out onto a, a you know a packed stadium, regardless, you know, even if it's a home game or away game, and you've got 60,000 people. I mean, I, I we walked out at the um, at the Commonwealth at Stadium, and there was like eighty five thousand seat stadium for the opening ceremony, and it was it was just phenomenal. And and I I envy. I mean, they're probably used to it by now. They probably just suck it up every day like a normality. Um, but you know, when the <coughs> excuse me, when the Premier League guys go out and they're you know they're going out to 50,000 seater stadiums week in week out, to them it's probably just the norm now. But to to walk out and and see that many people and the, and the noise is 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 phenomenal, absolutely. Phenomenal. Yeah, when when you're in the middle of it, rather than mm. being one of the crowd, because I think when you're one of the crowd, you don't you don't appreciate it. Um, well, me and James, you know. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Going and watch Gillingham, we are hardly likely to, you know, <laughs> thousands doesn't matter. I mean, it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when you're part of it and cheering and everything, but in the middle of it all, wow, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, the nearest we got to anything like that, James, was um, at Wembley, wasn't it? When we, yeah, uh, I was just thinking that. And even then you got a buzz, didn't you? Just walking yeah, on, you weren't even playing or doing anything. Mm. No, we were just receiving a trophy in the middle of the pitch and stuff like that, weren't we? And shaking like Jeff Ursand uh, and the night, yeah. even that. Well, when we had the picture taken, I had the trophy next to Jeff Ursand. And you're right, and you, you're not looking at the camera, you're sort of like wanting to go, Yeah. It's like, it's like when we uh, was in, when, when we was upstairs, sorry, when we was upstairs, um, and Helen was next to me, and Pat Jennings was walking through, and I was going, <gasps> Yeah. Oh, I would have done that as well. Yeah. yeah. And I said to Helen, "It's Pat Jennings." You go, who? Who? Yeah. Uh, and wash your mouth out. <laughs> and just put, yeah, and just put in my hat. Well, he was a Tottenham fan. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Put my hand out. <laughs> put my hand out to shake his hand. You know, which is about four times bigger than mine. Yeah. You know, like shovels. <laughs> hello, Pat. I'm going. Hello, Pat. Yeah. You know, and he's going. And he's deep Northern Irish. What are you doing here? Then you know. And and I was like, very good. All the time, wasn't it? The people we were meeting there was like, yeah, and you, you know, and you, yeah, you're right. It, it was almost like you, you were, what's that div that's standing there like that? You just go, and, and if you do, you got a chance to say hello, you just go, hello, hello, hello. yeah, yeah. I know it, it just it just turns into a real dribble, doesn't it? Yeah, I always I always remember one um, when I first met Lynn for Christie, and because uh, obviously when I was when oh, I was trying to. <laughs> Just dropping a name. <laughs> sorry, so I don't want to. I don't want to rain in your parade. Eh? That sounds phenomenal. What you did as well. I haven't but, got one to rain on. Don't worry. <laughs> but when um for the um the, the Commonwealth Games in Manchester, 
and uh, sort of four years after Kuala Lumpur and we, I was outside like warming up on the training track and uh, I was sitting on the floor and uh, this voice was like hello Kirsty like this and I looked up and you know Linford is called the lunchbox for a reason trust me <laughs> from that perspective you know he's uh, and, and and it was just like to the, for this guy to know my name you know purely because obviously I was with Fatima and she'd sort of spoken and we said hello and stuff but people like Sally Gunnell, you know, Kelly Holmes, oh, you know, competed yeah. against Jess Ennis, you know, and it, and it is, it's just, it's just phenomenal, you know, appreciating, you know, when you know how hard you have to work to get to where you get, and then these guys are, you know, multi-Olympians, so how hard they've had to push themselves and how far they've had to go, you know, it really does put it into perspective when you're sort of like, you meet them and you know that, you know, they know what hard training is. They know what you've gone through as well to get to where you know to where you are. So, well, from from what you say as well, I mean, you've obviously had the experiences of both sides of it. Obviously, when it affected your health, and mm. to, to the euphoria was like, wow, I've made it. Look at this, you know. Uh, and yeah, I mean, your parents must have been a well as proud as punch. Other than when you threw a strop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, um, to be honest, you... it, it was one of it was one of many, so they were used to it. <laughs> <laughs> how did you find the uh, transition, Kirsty, of going from like a, a um, on your own an athlete throwing the javelin to in a team playing football? With them? I mean, what was the difference there? Um, to be honest, I'm not. I don't think I found it that hard. I think the only thing I found hard was when you know potentially you've got. <sighs> a couple of lazy players, you know, a couple of players that don't potentially pull their weight. They don't get back and defend. They don't push up when they should be. They don't get out the goal when the keeper's shouting out and get out. You know, um, I mean, we, we was lucky. We was very lucky. We had a very good, uh, you know, very good team at Lawswood and at Alsford. So everybody was there because they wanted to play football. They wanted to win games. So we was lucky that we didn't have that many lazy players. Um, but I think that was the only thing that got to me is that, you know, you're, you're putting 100, you know, 100 plus percent in and you've got somebody who's maybe only, you know, operating at 70 percent. That, that was the hardest thing for me was to to sort of like, like you know, come on, you know, <laughs> back your ideas up. We're all running around like yeah, headless chickens I, I here think, and you're strolling. Uh, you're absolutely right. And I think what, what you got as well is, is certainly within the teams I ever ladies and my know my daughter used to get very, very frustrated because she wanted to do well. I mean, the most she got, she played for Gillingham and that, that was it. Um, but uh, she wanted to do really well um, was the fact you, you could split your team. I don't know, maybe in, in the four and you got those who want to do well and, and really want to go somewhere. I mean, we were lucky. We had a, a girl play for us, Deanna Cooper, who plays for Reading women and used to play for Chelsea and um, uh, in, England under 19s. I think it was, and um, uh, you got some of those. Some who just want to come for the social. Some who just want to uh, just want to play football, uh, and those are, uh, are nonplussed. You know, mm. uh, just you just want something to do. So you have that mixture, and, and sometimes yeah, you've, you're right. If you're trying to put in hundred percent, it gets very very frustrating. And no disrespect to any others because everybody wants something different out of it. Um, but you're right, it does get uh, very very frustrating. Yeah, sorry James, I'm taking up your um. No, not at all. Um, I suppose yeah. to finish up then, Kirsty, because we're, we're running out of time here, can you believe? Um, <laughs> finish up with um, vintage Anchorians. Where where can they find us? You know, where do we train? What are the times? Uh, well, we, we're training, I, I believe we're still training at Brompton. <laughs> that was obviously certainly during the winter time, but obviously now that we're coming into the summer, 
Um, I'm hoping that we can get back up to Ancorians when it's safe to do so. You know, obviously when all the um, the procedures are put in place with regards to, um, you know, playing as safe as we can. Um, so yeah, so we, we was training from sort of eight o'clock to nine o'clock at Brompton. Um, but whether that will change, obviously come the summer and we can get up to Ancorians uh, depends, you know, obviously pitch availability and times like that. So. I shall wait and hear, James, with anticipation as to when, when we're going to train and where we're going to train. Brilliant. And um, if anyone does want to play who's listening in, how can they contact you? Um, they can probably... Uh, so we have, got a, we have got a Facebook site, which I believe has got my contact details. And they, the other manager um, is Vanessa, Vanessa Curtis. Um, between the two of us, we kind of share the little bit of responsibility with regards to hooking up friendlies with other teams. Uh, putting our names forward into tournaments. Uh, Vanessa really kind of kicked it all off when we was at Midway Reunited. She really was the one that got the ball rolling um, and obviously made contact, initial contact with Ancorians to, you know, to join up with them. Um, she's, you know, she went through a year of uh, her own personal issues, hence why I kind of took over. But certainly between the two of us, we kind of share that responsibility. So if people want to go onto Vintage Ancorians Facebook site, um, they will find contact details there. Or obviously, if you go on to um, Ancorians FC and contact Lee or one of the managers there, I'm sure they'll point uh, somebody, you know, in the right direction of us guys. Well, after this as well, we'll make sure the link's on the bottom of that. And um, yeah. I'm sure James will pick that up anyway. Uh, that's Great. lovely. That'd be fantastic. Excellent. So, Kirsty, thank you very much for joining us and um, hopefully see you back on the grass soon. Yeah, thank yeah. you, gentlemen. Thank you. And hope no, to see you both soon. Thank you. And I'm so humble. If only I had names just to throw around. <laughs> well, as you do. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kirsty. Thanks, guys. Take care. See you soon. Cheers now. So that's it for today's show. Um, massive thank you for Kirsty uh, for coming on. Not only yeah, is well. the, the longest throwing I've ever seen before, but I mean, what a decorated athlete. Absolutely, absolutely. We don't mean decorated as in like you know wallpaper and stuff like that. But to to wow, an Olympian, a Commonwealth Games, uh, bronze medalist, knowing just throwing names around like Linford Christie and John Regis, Fatima Whitbread, you know, and the like. Oh please, uh, absolutely in awe. I know you was James and I was. I just sat there open mouth. I don't know about you. I thought it was brilliant. Absolutely, a, a brilliant podcast i thought if anyone that does want to look more um at kirsty's achievements you can you can google her we don't often get to say that about our guests do we you can google Not at all. um kirsty morrison or kirsty herbert and um yeah and see all, all what she's achieved in the athletics field brilliant and, and such a good role model for women's sport I think as well, and for the and for the young girls in the club, and obviously the vintage ladies. And it's nice to have someone so passionate uh, about sport uh, and and football as well. And hopefully that rubs off on um, the players she coaches and her son uh, as well. As I'm sure it would, you know, playing football and that. But yeah, absolutely fascinating story. Yeah. Um, so, so on that note, James, I think it's almost our time up, isn't it? It is. Yeah, we have run out of time but have no fear we'll be back next week but don't forget martin if they do want to contact us they can if they how can they do that james because I, it's, it's, it's eluded me how can people get in contact with us well they can email us on ancorians in off the post at 
Facebook.com. And we're home to get back to you, but our inbox is very, very busy. But, um, oh, it's overflowing. Um, overflowing. <laughs> <laughs> overflowing. <laughs> just and just just before we go, though, there I just want to mention there is a download that appears every week on the on the um on the podcast stats and that's whoever downloads it i'm not sure yeah is it in cliche france is that yes yeah in in france does it every week i'll tell you what we'd love to know who you are so we can say hello because every week you 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 you're downloading the podcast and hopefully you're listening and getting some enjoyment out of it but please let us know who you are and we can uh, say hello is that it'd be nice to do that wouldn't it on sure May we? May we? That's probably just taking a minute. He probably won't. Probably won't. Won't, won't contact us now. <laughs> That's it. Done. On your bike. Yeah. Oh, all that's left to say then is it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from me. See you next time. Yeah. Bye bye.